Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Hi, I'm Deb in Halifax. I'm Simone in Vancouver. And I'm Tanya in Edmonton. Our latest read, A Bit Much by Sarah Jackson, takes us through the complicated journey that is a female relationship with young women who are fully determined yet overwhelmed, full of love, but sometimes not knowing how to love and trying to determine how to truly socialize. Alice is 24 and falling apart. She's lost her job, her appetite, her ability to sleep, and now she's worried she's going to lose Mia, her closest friend, who's being treated for a serious illness. Still focused on Mia while trying to convince others she's a stable, happy person, Alice meets her neighbor James, someone she used to try to avoid. This book is an intimate look at female friendships, new relationships, and the disorienting times in which we live. All right, ladies, first thoughts on the book. What, what was your favorite part? What, what did you think? Simone? I really enjoyed the characters in this book. The friendship, you know, it talks about the main friendship between the two characters, but all the other friends in the friend circle and how they're just so honest and blunt with each other. Like, I don't remember having, I have honest friendships with friends, but I feel like sometimes you sugarcoat things or you don't want to start any tension or drama. So I think I'm just somebody who always tippy toes around things. But I love that these characters were not afraid to say what was on their mind, even if it was harsh or hurtful at times. But uh, yeah, I, that was my favorite part is just the cast of characters in this book. So vibrant. I, I think so too. But you know, it's funny. I was I was jo- joking with my boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, I'm reading this book. It's called A Bit Much. And I'm like, honestly, it's a bit much. <laughs> but I say, that in, I say that in a positive way, though, because I just felt like Sarah, the author, said, it's, it, you know, it's all from Alice's perspective, right? And, and being inside her head all the time with all of her kind of, you know, her doubts, her fears, her neuroses, the way she, she kind of sabotages her own happiness. And I'm just like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, so it's just sometimes it was difficult to read because I just, she was so real. And, you know, some of the situations that she was in, like, I remember going to a bar in my 20s and not really wanting to be there, didn't really know everybody. And then the person that invited me was kind of like, eh, you know, you're here, but so what? Don't talk. And it's loud and it's noisy. And you just want to go home, you know, so you learn so much in your 20s about friendships and how to deal with stuff. And that's all in this book. And I guess it took me back to that time. And and that is what I loved. I kind of relived some of my own relationships, you know, through all of these amazing characters. Yeah, I I, I felt the very same same way. I, I see me and my friends, different groups of friends, both from high school going into college and university and those that I met after high school. And there's a group of girlfriends Mm -hmm. from my university days who, you know, at times I think we all sort of wondered, how did we all come together? Why are we friends? Um, But we've all gone through quite a bit over the years. Some have, you know, walked away from these relationships, have come back in, and we are solid now and better friends that we've than we've ever been. And, um, and it's, it's quite interesting. And, and I'm so thankful that we all still do exist within each other's lives. Um, but, you know, there, there's some things I think looking at these characters, you think, Ooh, that flaw, that's not good on you, girl. And then you think, Oh, that could be me. <laughs> so it gives you time to pause and reflect on, am I still doing that? Could I still be that person? Or have I learned from, you know, 
what may have happened 20 years ago. Um, but there, there's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of complications, um, some of them necessary to, to, to kind of get through some of the difficult times. It's, it's messy, but it's, it, it's wonderful at the same time, as awkward as it is. Yeah. We briefly talked about, you know, Mia and Alice and, and their relationship. Simone, you, you like their dynamics? You, you think they were pretty strong together? I think they were. I think they have had so much of a codependency, you know, having known each other since they were four and they went through um, some situations when they were younger where they really needed each other. And then obviously in these last this last while, like Mia really needed Alice and and Alice needed her in that way because she just wasn't used to doing life on her own. Like she just she needs her in her life. But yeah, it's um. I thought they had a strong friendship because they were open with each other. They were able to communicate the things they had on their mind. But at the same time, you know, they still had hesitations because they were worried about hurting each other. And I think that's that's what happens in friendships. There's sometimes things you want to say even to your best friend um, that they might need to hear. But you kind of hold hold back a little bit because it could be, you know, if they're going through a tough time, you know, whether it's a serious illness or just something in a relationship or they're struggling with with young kids and you're kind of out of that phase it's almost hard for you to be like oh my life is great my kids are older now and you know we can go away for the weekend and they're they're at home stuck in the thick of it so I think they were kind of similar as they were pacing and they were on that same path together and then their paths kind of change they want to support each other but at the same time they're they're afraid to really you know share some some of those little those deep things because they don't want to hurt each other I found something really interesting in the book and, and um, Sarah mentioned it a couple of, or put it a few in a few pieces in the, in the book is that I've known this friend, you know, for so long. So it's hard to break up with them. It's like, you don't have anything in common anymore, but you have all this history. So you just let the friendship go, you know, and that's you like, keep going. And that's what you do in your twenties. And it's only when you get older that you can kind of go, okay, you know, we've obviously gone different directions we don't have anything in common anymore so it's okay to let friendships go and it's interesting how these all these people are still connected through history and they're just going to keep that going until they figure out that you can let friends go yeah you're exactly right because sometimes you're like why would you be friends with someone like an Anne who speaks to you the way that she does but then when she's going through what she needs then it's like oh this is my friend I need her so yeah it's that they haven't really grown out of and I think for a lot of us that happens in high school we have our little click and then once we move out of there we're kind of like oh we break free from some people because we're becoming different people and getting set in their ways so the fact that this group is still together in their 20s is is kind of unique in a way too. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. In your own life, like right now, do you have like a whole bunch of friends that you rely on or is it only like maybe one or two that you really are like the people who ground you? Well, for me, it was like in high school, I had this this group of girls and I was close to a lot of them. And then upon graduation, like a lot of them weren't you know, they weren't great friends. And I, and I think we, I just needed them because, you know, that's just how things are. But two of them, I'm still best friends with to this day. So they're kind of like my, my core, core friends who know the most about me. But also I feel as I got older and in the industry we're in, I'm very social. So I make a lot of just you know, surface level friends where it's like, hey, Mm -hmm. let's go hang out. Let's go get a drink because I like to socialize. I like to be out. But I only have like a few very core friends that would know everything about me or that I would go to to share certain things. Like a lot of people don't know 
be on a deeper level from some of those, you know, surface right. relationships. Yeah. 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 I, I'm the same. Yeah. I do have um, quite a few friends um, from my 20s, from even high school that I, I still hang out with and, and consider them quite close and some of my best and dearest. Um, but again, there are some of them who don't know as much, even though I would love to have that same type of relationship. But I think, you know, living in different cities or having different family aspects, some are single, some are separated, some have kids, some don't, um, that kind of plays into it. So yeah, some of them know my deepest, darkest secrets and some will be revealed <laughs> to them at an, a later date. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have a, I have a friend, Beverly, who I have known since I was like two, three years old. My parents tell me that we would socialize. <laughs> you know, parents knew each other. And Beverly is still like, and she was my best friend all through school. She is still one of my best friends today into adulthood. And it's like she lives in Calgary. Um, we don't talk to each other all the time. But when we do connect on the phone or we see each other, it's just like we snap back into like this place that mm. is just so familiar and there's just such a comfort in that. I mean, I don't have a lot of friends. I'm social, but sort of at an arm's length, sort of like you, Simone. Yeah. Um, but I have, you know, a great girlfriend of mine in, in Vancouver who knows all my darkest secrets and probably is the least judgmental. So I know I can tell her anything. <laughs> That's the key right there. You know, those friends who you are going to call when you're in a great place, a bad place, and they are just going to be there for you and go along with it. And it's true. There are some friends that you are almost afraid to say things to because you're like, what are they going to think? Are they going to think less mm -hmm. of me? And it brings out your insecurities. And I think that's the beauty of aging. Um, we can now decide when we want to end a relationship if it doesn't serve us and it doesn't make us feel good we can break apart from it whereas when you're younger you're kind of stuck because you you're like well these are my friends I see them every day especially when you're in school and stuff you can't really escape them and you know once you kind of grow out of it it's it's a lot better like that's the one thing I love about aging is we're becoming I feel with my friend group a little less judgmental and we're just you know with each other supporting mm -hmm. each other Right. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. there's and understanding. I love, absolutely. Like there's more yeah, understanding, understanding, you know, not not just the judgment, but everybody comes from a place of I think we we need to do more understanding before we just we look at the situation without getting too deep. And then we throw out our opinion without knowing fully aware of what the situation is really all about. And just being real. And that's what I loved about this book because, you know, I feel like years ago, like say we're hanging out with couples. There's some couples that want you to believe their relationship is perfect. They have no problems. And lately, I feel like as we get older, like sometimes me and my husband will bicker in front of a couple friend of ours or they'll, they'll bicker. And it's it's a safe space to be like, you know, my husband is frustrating me about this. And I'm like, me too. And we can talk about it. And we can, it's everyone's just like, hey, we know life isn't perfect. And it's okay yeah. to share things because we're all supportive supporting each other and we're all getting through it together. Exactly, Simone. Like these characters that are in this book is like they're just all all over the map in terms of their characteristics and what they bring to the story. And you kind of you get all of that with all of these relationships and how they relate to one another in different social situations too, right? One on one, Anne is like a completely different person, you know, but get her with a group and she's not very nice to Alice at all. She's mm -hmm. almost dismissive, right? And we all know those people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's Dil yeah. there's Dylan, you know, in the background, like, is he or isn't he interested in Alice? Like, what is going on there? And James is upset, obviously. 
And and having that that close circle, someone's always trying to hook up with someone or someone's already hooked up with someone. Oh, yeah. 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 And some of them take a little more from the relationship than they give back and they don't recognize or see how it's affecting the whole dynamics of that particular uh, group of friends until they they step aside and, and look look at it from a different angle. And I guess that's what, you know, Simone, you mentioned you get to a different age a different stage. So moving from your twenties and looking back, then you might recognize and see, Oh yeah, I wasn't so nice a friend, but I can be a better friend now in this, in this stage. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Simone, like what was like, what, what who was one of your favorite characters? It's or, so like, hard who, to who say. Kind of, like, I know <laughs> it's so hard to say. And it's funny because it's the moments where you're like, not a lot of them are likable. And that's rare in a book where you kind of f- aren't really drawn to one because you're like, Hey, uh-huh. you're not that nice. Usually there's that one character. You're like, okay, this is the person, this person deserves the world. And in this book, it's hard to con- like you connect and relate to all of them. But then at the same time, you're like, I don't know who I like the most. There's a traits of Alice. I like that. She is such a great loyal friend. Like, I love that, you know, compared to an Anne who's like, Oh, I can't go there because of how I'm going to feel in that situation. So Alice, you know, always has, <laughs> Mia on her mind and then there's Mia who is obviously struggling but she pushes Anne she pushes Anne to do better but almost doesn't like it when she does because it's hard for her to see it so you know they were obviously the two that I enjoyed reading about um but you know the drama with like the Zoe's and the Claire's and all that that was fun too because it is the whole mean girl squad um but then that moment Anne needed Alice and she called her um you know with the pregnancy and everything like you just see okay and now you've been brought down to earth you know who your real friends are and she was like you calm me down so it's it's that sometimes where your friends aren't the best friends but in the true moments if you can be there for each other in the hard moments then you do have that that bit of you know strength in your friendship yeah yeah absolutely yeah very true how about what about you deb yeah well i I guess i'm kind of the same way too and i think if if we look back at our in our in our 20s or you know focus on those relationships and and compare characters I think we're still trying to figure out what type of character we truly are because you're blending, you know, what you know, who you know of yourself with with these new folks, perhaps. And you haven't fully grown into the person that you truly want to be because you're affected by all of the drama (laughs) that comes with all these new friendships. So. Yeah, I think there's a there's a little bit of each one of them that I like. And I think there's particularly with the male characters so much mm. more that that we need to know and, and learn about. Yeah. Even. The yeah, co- I wanted more <laughs> yeah, from, the, from yeah. the male characters. Even, yeah. Even that party where they were dressed up for Halloween and then those two guys start going at it. I was like, what is this? Does this just happen where people just like get into heated debates wherever you go? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. We're we're going to the wrong parties. I know. (laughs) Oh, I remember parties like that. Oh, it's so relatable. Even right? just like even just the bar bars with like the lights like flickering out and they're so dirty and then the bathrooms and all that you're like oh I'm so yeah. happy I don't go to those places oh. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I can I really connected with Alice. I mean, 
you're in her head throughout the entire book. It's like, I really like her. Oh, I don't like her. She's super annoying. But then, you know, it was really relatable as well. And I just, you know, the author talks about how she it's it's heavy stuff that is in this book, but she puts a lot of humor in it as well. And I just wanted to share a little quote with our listeners of, of what Alice is saying in the book, because she's always looking for work. And and there's one part where she's looking for a temp agency job. It's the only thing that she can kind of hold. And she's like, great, you know, now I'd have to wear seven condoms on my personality to fit in. And I'm like, that just perfectly sums up her personality. <laughs> like, that is that woman. And I just laughed out loud. I laughed out loud because the it, the visual of that and then just what it meant was just like, I love this. Yeah. I love this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think is next, perhaps, for Alice now now that she won't have Mia to lean on? I don't know. That was a big cliffhanger at the end for me. Um, and I didn't know what to think because there was that line of, you know, getting lost in the woods where they were looking for her. And she, she's, she, got, she was found and she said, we have to go look for Mia. And they're like, oh, she already went home. And I was like, yeah. I don't like I didn't know how to take that as in like, is she gone home now to her final place or is she gone? Like, did Mia not care as much of Alice, how Alice cared for her? Because Alice's whole world revolved around Mia. And and if yeah. she was still going to go back and look for her, but Mia had not had that thought, that was kind of what I left with. I don't know how you how you left with the, the final thoughts Um in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I'm, I'm with you there. And I think maybe part of it was Mia needed to step back and, and not, not that she didn't want Alice to be there for, you know, what was coming, but she needed to do that for herself and, and maybe asked her family to kind of, okay, let's just let her do her thing. And I'm, I'm going to do my thing on the way out here. Um, but I, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a bit much, <laughs> but as, as we say, you know, this, this is life. So I think it's, you know, expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Tanya? Um, yeah, I think, you know, in terms of what I think is going to happen to Alice after this, I, I sincerely hope that she's going to get it together, but she's young, What she turns 25 at the end of the book. And, um, I, I want to see her kind of you know, she does say some things at the end saying, yeah, I really wasn't a nice person. I really, this, you know, things were happening and I wasn't really a, a cool person. What I was doing to people and almost manipulating them or, you know, sabotaging myself. And it just got really old for my friends because they saw it, you know, they saw what she was doing. So I really hope and I think that she will, you know, focus and and get it together and apply herself and and get that manuscript done and I really hope that she you know repairs stuff with James although yeah. I kind of secretly wanted her to be with Dylan honestly Maybe I know she goes there I don't I, know I think there's some exploring <laughs> still to do yeah and I wonder if she'll revert to Dylan now for the comfort now that Mia isn't there because they would lean on each mm. other because they were the two closest to her you know yes yeah. And then Anne's right. going to yeah. try to get in there somehow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think there's still going to be some struggles for her for a while. But um, yeah, there's definitely more, I think, for both James and Dylan. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's 
Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> I was trying to imagine what Dylan looked like, right? Because I think I had a crush on him. Throughout <laughs> the book, I'm like, oh, I like what he's wearing. Oh, the way he's got his hair coming down on his forehead. And then Alice is like, it takes art to do that, right? I'm like, yes, it does. Because in the oh. 80s, I used to have guy friends who would like do funky stuff with their hair. I'd be like, oh, that's uh, yeah. Good. That's putting in the effort, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But all in all, a great book, uh, a lovely read. And uh, like we all talked, the characters were quirky and interesting. And uh, yeah, maybe it's uh, let's get uh, our chat with Sarah going. Uh, She can answer some of those questions for us on this book. Absolutely. Great read. We are so happy to have the author of A Bit Much, Sarah Jackson, joining us now. Hello. and, And thank you for making time with us today, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to speak to you all. Well, we are very excited as well. We are big fans. So congratulations on this being your debut. What what a debut. How does it feel to be able to now share your work with the world? Um, it's really, it's both, you know, really exciting and scary. Um, like it's a huge a huge privilege and um i it it honestly still feels surreal like this whole the whole process has felt surreal um and it's it's really rewarding having uh you know people message me uh on instagram and just tell me that you know they really connected with um something in the novel or and especially a lot of people have messaged me and told me that they felt very understood um, and that's really like all I can ask for. And so just to know that it's, you know, touched people in some ways means a lot to me. Yeah. I, and I think that I, I think initially, you know, if people pick it up or, or start reading and re- reading the reviews and, and hearing about it, they might think it's just one particular um, age group that might connect. But I haven't been in my 20s in a while and I really connected with this as well. Oh, yeah, that's that's great to hear. And I have heard I actually have heard from, you know, um, a range of age of age groups. And I think like I think that, you know, um, there's things about being in your early 20s that, uh, you know, are are true, just ring true for a lot of a lot of people, you know, uh, regardless of when they grew up. Sarah, this is Tanya in Edmonton, and definitely it's been a while since I've been in my 20s, and it just brought back so much. <laughs> so so we're just wondering, like, for your debut novel, like, what inspired you to write a story about a friend who is missing out on life, and then a friend who re- refuses to actually live her life, almost sabotages it, if you will, because her friend can't? Like, why did you write this story? Yeah, so... Um yeah, I'm really interested about those big transition periods in life. And um, when I started the novel, I was in my early 20s. Uh, it's been a very long process. And I, I, you know, I wanted to write about the stress of figuring out what you want to do with your life while also being, you know, really aware of how you hope to be perceived by other people and hope that your career path or, um, you know, those kind of choices will reflect, you know, the, how, how you, how you want people to think of you. But I also wanted to take that further and, you know, write about um, how alienating and frightening it can feel to be diagnosed with a serious illness at a young age. Um, when most of your peers are, you know, figuring out what they want to, what they want to do career-wise, 
sorry, career or family uh, was. And this was, you know, what this was really inspired by when I started university when I was 17, I had to leave uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, so, you know, those experiences, both of my own um, experiences with, you know, a very ser- serious illness and also figuring out what I wanted to uh, do career-wise, I, I kind of met, mixed them together. And um, I decided to explore, you know, make the protagonist uh, the the friend who isn't, you know, isn't diagnosed mm-hmm. with the illness, but uh, is so, so attached to her friend. And I just wanted to explore it from that angle. Yeah, I found it very compelling because, of course, all of us have been touched by either ourselves or people we know with life-threatening diseases. And, and to put it in the mix of someone so young um, in your characters was really compelling, I thought. And, yeah, just trying to figure out life, which, of course, we all do in our 20s. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and, you know, obviously it's terrible and difficult to be, to deal with, um, you know, any kind of illness or serious illness uh, at any age. I just, uh, what I wanted to focus on was, you know, how it, it just feels, you know, it always feels wrong, but, you know, especially when you're young, you don't necessarily know other people who also have similar experiences like you don't really know the path forward I guess or yes what to, mm-hmm. or have anything to relate to really mm-hmm. um, so I think that's true for both Mia and Alice because Alice is also like I don't I don't know what to where to go from here and she feels very stuck yeah yeah that definitely came across um, Simone here in Vancouver Sarah now Alice deals with a lot you know not only is she you know dealing with being there for Mia and all those thoughts about feeling guilty when she's trying to live her life but she also through the book we realize how much anxiety she has the depression and insecurities why do you think it's important to write about uh, these kind of character traits especially in this day and age yeah so um I mean, I think just what I was going back to before about people reaching out to me, um, which I honestly love, like, those messages mean the world to me, really. Like, I, 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 read, I reread them over and over again, because that's, that's really what I was hoping for, you know, that people will feel like they're not alone. Like, some of Alice's, some of Alice's thoughts are very dark, and, you know, <laughs> they don't necessarily make her seem like, you know, the most likable person, but they're honest. And sometimes, you know, she's, it's their intrusive thoughts that they may not even be true, but she feels them in the moment. And sometimes you are just stuck with these feelings that you don't want to think and really like aren't necessarily true. And maybe you don't at your core believe, but you may think them or feel them. And um, just for people to know that it's not that unusual to think these things and um, or to feel them even in a moment, maybe the next day you're like, what was I thinking? Or this is not true. But I think especially like during the pandemic, a lot of people have spent a lot of time alone and it's these intrusive thoughts can be really hard to combat sometimes. So I think just knowing that it's not just you um, can be, you know, a relief. Yeah, very important. Before I ask you the next question, I'm just, as you're talking about this and thinking about you, the writer, and your own experience, 
as you were writing, did your own words help you? Was it therapeutic for you? Yeah, I think it was. Like, it was, and I think I needed that separation of writing from Alice's perspective and not from, uh, you know, Mia as someone who is dealing with this illness. Um, I also made Mia pretty different than me. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I found it therapeutic, but also sometimes it was, you know, it was difficult or, or hard, but um, I think I needed to be, I needed to, I needed to have some distance from it. So, you know, I took many breaks throughout writing this book. It was breaks for, you know, my own uh, mental health, but also like, I just lost confidence. So there were like, you know, chunks of time. There was a five-year span where I didn't even touch the book. And I think I needed the distance from it and to look at that, look at it from a different uh from the person with the per sorry, you know, with the knowledge that I now have and being older and looking at things in a different way. So it was therapeutic, but also um, I realized that I did need some some time, I guess, to really write yeah. it um, honestly. Well, it all came together very well because the cast of characters, the dynamic characters that you have created and thrown into this book is is pretty pretty awesome, and and none of them are perfect. Um, they have their own quirks and flaws. Do do you have a favorite? Oh, a favorite? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I I feel for. I feel for all of them, and I'm also annoyed by all of them. Like, I think... Like, <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, like, I think... I just just like those it. in our same circles. Yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, make them realistic. So, yeah, a lot of them are flawed. They say things that you cringe at, or they think things that you're... Well, Alice, you know, you're in her head. Just like, why? Why, Alice? Or, you know, you want to you want to help help them out or also be like, you're the worst. So I don't know. I had fun. I had fun writing all of them. Um, but yeah, that's maybe an unsatisfying answer. But uh, yeah, both loved them all. And at the same time, was deeply irritated by them. I love that you say that because there were times where I was like, you know, sometimes you have like fluffy friendships, right? Where you're just kind yeah. or you're just worried about saying things. These characters had no problems speaking what was on their mind at all times. And I was like, this is great. Like these are real friendships friendships and sometimes you don't want to hear these things but your true friends should be telling you these things you know yes exactly and um you know mia tells alice things that she doesn't always want to hear and sometimes like if they're not necessarily always true sometimes they are sometimes they're kind of harsh or you know mia and alice can both be both they can both be judgmental and condescending at times but like I just think that that's, that's honest. And I didn't want Mia to be this angelic uh, character. Like, some, I, get, I get really sick of seeing, you know, whenever there's a character who has a serious illness. I'm sorry, it's not whenever. I've just seen this happen before. A character has a serious illness. They have to be, like, some angelic, stoic character who never makes mistakes, doesn't say anything cringy. I don't like that. I... I think that, you know, you it's it's better to have like a real character who has flaws and like sometimes they're strong but other times they are mad. Like it is really hard dealing with an illness and uh Mia should be able to be a jerk sometimes or even just say like she's upset. So 
Yeah. You know, your characters were just so real. And and I loved, you know, there's parts that they're in terms of what they're talking about, the subjects they're talking about. And that whole thing, you know, when somebody's ill, people don't know what to do. So they just stop visiting like what happened with yeah. with Mia, right? You know, like they just like, I don't know what to say. So I don't even go visit. And that's yeah. just, you know, so real hard to read. Uh, but but just so real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like with, you know, Anne's character, and does that. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. she's very young, too, and doesn't necessarily have, she doesn't know what to do either. And like, she should visit her. But also, I don't know, like, I, I people read Anne in all different ways. I don't see her as just like a villain. I think that she's a complicated person who really doesn't know what she's doing as well. And, you know, very flawed. But mm-hmm. so in looking at how you chose to end the book, Sarah. Why did you choose to end it the way you did? I, I laughed just because, you know, everybody has an opinion <laughs> about the ending. And I and I knew that was going to be um, the case. So just sticking to, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to make things um, honest and real. And I'm trying to say this without giving a huge spoiler. Um, but basically, this is something that Alice feared the most or one of the worst things that she could imagine. And it just eclipses everything in her life. It's, you know, it, it, it blows up her life. And this is the only thing that she's thinking about. It's, it's kind of take going back to the beginning where this is all, this is all she's thinking about. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that she is a really, you know, Alice is a, is falling apart and she's not going to be neatly, you know, she's not going to be all put together and perfect um, at the end. I just, yeah, that's right. Which sort of gives the, the, the reader um, just, you know, you, you, you come up with, you have your own ideas of, of who all these characters are and it really gives us a chance at the end of the book to kind of think, okay, so what's going to happen? What's going to happen yeah. with all these characters? And I love that. Yeah. So the book just keeps going in our minds, even after yeah. we've, we've read the last word. And that's just, I love that. Yeah. And, and I knew, you know, thank you. Thanks very much. I, I knew it was, you know, not necessarily a crowd pleaser moment. People, you know, people tend to like when things are, not everybody, but, you know, tied up. But mm-hmm. I, I knew I wasn't going to do that. And I didn't think it made sense for the book. But yeah, I, I also, I feel like I've just been saying all these like dark, depressing things. But I, I do want to say that the book, I hope I tried to make it funny as well. Like there's a lot of darkness, but I did try to balance it with some humor. Oh, my God. There's no, a lot of humor. Yeah, that definitely came across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're laughing out loud when you're reading some, you know, some of Alice's thoughts, right? It's just like, yeah. I love yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, now what are some books like we're always looking for relaxing reads podcast suggestions and stuff? What are some authors that um, you recommend or some books you've gotten into recently that you've you've enjoyed? I always love like anything Elena Ferrante. I know that's not really introducing anybody (laughs) new. Everybody knows her. Um, But so I'm also I edit books. So I would love to just uh, mention that uh, I'm working on some books. (laughs) <laughs> that are going to be coming out in 2023. So you should really look out for the, the um, Bronwyn Fisher's novel, uh, Anna Julia Stainsby's novel, and Genevieve Scott's novel, all coming out next year. 
So I know you can't grab them right now, but just a little, uh, little something for next year. Perfect. Oh. We will add those to our reading nice. list for sure. And I'm really excited to start. I just received Jones by Neil Smith, and I'm really looking forward to that book. And really, like every, I just you know saw the Giller long list today, and I want to read every single thing on it. So. Oh wow. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us on our podcast. And uh, yeah, we, we really enjoyed the book. So thank you for that as well. Thank you so much for having me and your great questions. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, we thank we you, appreciate Sarah. your time. Thank you. And I, I must say that I, I, um, I laughed as much as I cried. I don't think I've ever cried with a, a book <laughs> like that in a really long uh-huh. time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that means a lot to me, but I'm also glad that you did laugh. Like, that's why I just wanted to throw in the end. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's not just all dark all the time. No, you know what? Your your novel had a a dose of reality, and and isn't that life? We can't script it the way we always want it to be scripted. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. Enjoy your day. You too. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.